Are you ready to be inspired, challenged, and strengthened in your faith walk? Are you ready to get breakthrough from those old cycles and thought patterns that you just can't seem to get freedom from? Then you've come to the right place. You are going to get freedom, you are going to get breakthrough, and you are going to get healing because that's the life that Jesus paid for. This podcast is not just talk. We're going to live it. I want to personally welcome you to my little podcast corner. My name is Jillian Ahonen, and I am so excited for what God's going to do through our time together today. Whether you're driving in traffic to work, out on a morning run, or sipping your coffee in a comfy chair, let's get our hearts ready for today's word. Hello, welcome back to another episode of Not Just Talk with me, Jillian Ahonen. If you are tuning in for the very first time, welcome. I am so thankful that you have chosen to carve out some time and join me today. I'm really excited about what God wants to share with all of you, something that he's really put on my heart for the last several months. Um, And for those of you who've been a part of this journey since day one, welcome back. I'm truly humbled that you are trusting me to speak into your life and to share the things that God has placed on my heart for all of us. Um, today we're going to talk about discipline and it's kind of funny how I stumbled upon this message. I didn't really stumble upon it. Well, kind of, you know, I, I'm making a lot of changes to prepare, uh, for some new things in my ministry this year and it's requiring a lot of discipline, a lot of really intentional time management. And I'm really good at that anyway, but it's, it's even more now. Um, I'm having to do a lot of things I don't want to do because it's time consuming and boring. It's, it's just boring, but I have to do these things in order to make room for what's next. And it's funny because that that's requiring discipline in order for me to expand and build I've got to discipline myself even more and I am a disciplined person we're going to talk about that more but it's funny because I didn't know what I was supposed to talk about in today's podcast episode and I honestly I didn't carve out the time or the space to even ask the Holy Spirit like hey what do you want me to talk about do you have a message um I have been so busy and so focused on other things. And I knew in the back of my mind, I'm like, okay, you've got to carve out some time. You got to get with Jesus on this one. You got to pray about this. We got a podcast episode that needs to come up here soon. And I'm trying real hard to be consistent. And so it's funny because last night I went to bed. And as I was, you know, getting myself in bed, I said, okay, Holy Spirit, I need you to wake me up early. And there's a story on that. I'll give you a quick little backstory. But um, I actually stopped setting my alarm. This was a major faith step for me because I've had to rely on alarm for so many years. But I've really trained myself to wake up between four and five. So it's pretty natural as it is because this has been, gosh, I mean, at least 20 years. Maybe not that long, but pretty close that I've been waking up uh, when it's still dark outside and my family's still asleep. Um, but just recently after being sick and finding that my body still wakes up at that time and then sleeping in a little bit later to allow my body to get healthy and then, um, just going, okay, you know, realizing like, wow, I've actually really, really trained myself in this sleep area that my body is waking up when it's supposed to. And then I noticed when I needed to wake up earlier, the Holy spirit would wake me up earlier 
and I would have just enough time in my day to do what I needed to do. But again, it took me years of an alarm clock. So I'm not saying jump into this, but hey, if you're brave, you can. But anyway, the point being is I went to bed and I said, Holy Spirit, will you wake me up early? I need to get up at four because I need to really pray and clear my mind to know what I'm supposed to talk about for this podcast. And as I woke up and I'm pouring my coffee One of the things that he whispered to my heart was, you need to discipline yourself in this area. There was, again, discipline. Then, not only that, but backtrack before that, I am, it it is the theme because I'm literally in so many conversations recently where it just seems to be a problem in everybody's lives that I'm talking to or even a post that I read on social media. Something is is proving that there are so many that are lacking discipline in their life and they're frustrated. They're frustrated that they're not able to get to their goals. They're in the same spot. And as the Holy Spirit is telling me, you know, you need to discipline yourself so that I'm not crunch time coming up with a message, recording, editing, and putting it all out there within a 24-hour period because my life just does not allow for that. I need to discipline myself. And I was like, oh my gosh, there it is again. Okay. We're going to talk about discipline today. I get asked all the time, how do you do everything you're doing? How do you stay fit? How do you keep your home clean? How is it so organized? How do you homeschool? How do you have time for a podcast? How have you published books? They list out what I'm doing and they follow it with, and you don't even seem stressed. Here's my quick pro tip that I apply to myself all the time. And this is why 98% of my life is not stressful. Yes, I have stressful moments um, because I'm human, but here's what I do. If I'm stressed, I'm either A, disconnected from the vine and I'm running my life on my own strength, or B, I'm piling things on my life plate that I don't have the grace to manage because it's not what God has asked me to do in that season, which also includes that I'm probably disconnected from the vine, doing things in my own strength, saying yes to things I shouldn't have said yes to, that's disconnected from him. So I have to stop and I have to take an evaluation of what's going on. If I feel stress, if I have knots in my belly and that pounding anxiety in my chest or whatever I'm feeling that is not peace, I have to stop and evaluate. I have to see what's going on, what I've said yes to, where I've disconnected from Jesus and why am I, and and really be honest with myself that's why I'm not producing his fruit in my life. My rule of thumb is no matter what season I'm in, busy or not, pressed, challenged, a lot going on or not very much at all, his fruit should be evident in my life all day every day. That is my life rule for myself and I think as a believer, that should be your rule too. It should be something that you are striving for in your life because it's a gauge. It's an automatic gauge to check in and go, am I actually connected to the vine? Am I actually in sync with Jesus? Because the word says that life with him should be light and easy. Matthew eleven twenty eight through 30, and the message version is my absolute favorite version because it really paints us such a powerful picture of what it's supposed to look like when we're living in sync with Jesus. It says, are you tired, worn out, burned out on religion? I mean, come on, let's be real. A lot of times our life is checklist Christianity and we really don't even know what it means to live connected to the vine. 
This is, this is what Jesus says, come to me, get away with me, and you'll recover your life. I'll show you how to take a real rest. Walk with me and work with me. Watch how I do it. Learn the unforced rhythms of grace. I won't lay anything heavy or ill-fitting on you. Keep company with me and you'll learn to live freely and lightly. That is what our life with Jesus should look like. And when the Bible says rest, rest is still an action. It's it's really a state of mind and, a, and an inward peace. It doesn't mean that we're not doing anything. I just want to kind of make that clear. A lot of times people will fall under this misconception where rest means like sit and do nothing so that you can rest and be still. Again, I think that we need to be doing things with our life. We need to be living on purpose for a purpose, but we've got to make sure that we're not so chill, peace-filled that it's actually lazy and passive, not accomplishing anything with our lives or living out our God-given purpose. I have found in my life that stillness and rest is really an inward peace, a sound, clear mind to be able to remain focused and see what God has for me in each and every season, and it changes, and we need to be aware of that. But life with Jesus should be light and free. So realize when I say that my rule of thumb is checking in and going, am I producing peace, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, self-control. Those are the things that should be producing in my life if I'm living in step with Jesus and my life should not feel stressed and heavy. The times it feels stressed and heavy, I am not living in, in, in his unforced rhythms of grace. So understand that part. Most people miss the evaluation part and, and, and they end up with a mentality that says, hurry up and get the X, Y, and Z part done so I can breathe again. I don't believe that as believers, we should be doing that hustle your way through life mentality that the world is pushing on us. I see it all over social media, side hustle, 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 hustle. God wants us to partner with him in every area of our lives. He wants us to build with him. And for each of us, that's going to look really different. But when we're building with God, this is where our fulfilled and satisfied life will become established because you're living in step with your creator, your maker, the one who actually designed you. Ephesians 2.10 says, For we are God's masterpiece. He has created us anew in Christ Jesus so we can do the good things that he planned for us long ago. So I, I get this picture where it's like, okay, God had already planned something out for me and it's an exciting, incredible, fulfilling, satisfying adventure to discover it. So I'm going to get with him. Way before I get the vision, God already had the plan. Realize that. Before you have the goal and the vision and that God-breathed dream in your heart, before you got it, God already planned it. Pretty cool, isn't it? With that being said, don't make my goals and my plans and what I've done with my life your goals, okay? I, I, I see this a lot where it's like, you know, you see it all over social media. You see these people and they're doing this, that, and everything else. And you're like, oh, that's what I need to do. And you start doing it and you build your little social media platform and things like that. And I, again, there's nothing wrong with having a platform on social media, 
Um, but we've got to make sure that we're not copycats. We're a masterpiece, okay? You don't want to be a cheap copy of something that somebody else is doing. Really get in step with Jesus because you're not going to have the grace to do what somebody else is doing. And I see that all the time. I see people trying to do what somebody else is doing out of step of their season, out of step of their purpose, and they're stressed and they're frustrated and they've got anxiety and all these things. And then they, you know, it's just, it, it, it is a... It is a cycle that God does not want us to be on. It is a rat race. He does not want us to get involved in that. And so I'm saying this because I hope by the end of this message, you'll have a genuine and pure desire to pursue God in your very personal life. Let him guide your steps with precision. Your mind will be blown. The biggest problem that I see with so many men and women is that they simply lack discipline and struggle to get started or they start and fade out pretty quickly because they lack perseverance and discipline. The need for discipline is required in order to persevere and accomplish any goal. And when one lacks discipline, they're blocked from the much needed change they desire. Maybe that's you. Maybe this message is literally for you today. Do you have these ideas or these visions, even a desire to make a change in any area of your life, but all of a sudden life gets in the way and you find that rather than making progress in a given area, you've got a list of excuses as to why you can't, why you haven't, or why you stopped. Let's face this mountain today, okay? I feel pretty qualified to speak into this topic of discipline simply because I have had to train myself in so many different areas of my life. Seriously. Let me give you a little backstory, okay? I am not the personality type to have much order, yet I'm orderly in every area of my life, and it's why I've been able to build and expand. Like I mentioned, I have to give full credit to the Holy Spirit, and here's why, okay? Here's why. We've, we talked about fruit. We're going to talk about it again. Uh, this is Galatians 5, 22 through 23, and I'm reading to you the New King, New King James Version because that's the one I learned and grew up on. But it says, but the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such things, there is no law. Realize that long-suffering produces perseverance in us, but we've got to be disciplined. We've got to have the self-control and the faith to keep going. That's fruit of the Holy Spirit. And as long as we're connected to the vine, this fruit is going to show up in each and every area of our lives. So if that fruit is not showing up in your life, then I think it's really valuable to ask yourself the question, where am I disconnected from the vine? It's not something you have to muster up. We do have to partner with him, though. We're going to get to that. But I, I also want to read to you the, the same passages in the message version because I really like, again, the paraphrase of the message and, and the pictures that it paints for us. What happens when we live God's way? He brings gifts into our lives, much the same way that fruit appears in an orchard, things like affection for others, exuberance about life, serenity. We develop a willingness to stick with things, a sense of compassion in heart, and a conviction that a basic holiness permeates things and people. We find ourselves involved in loyal commitments, not needing to force our way in life, able to marshal and direct our energies wisely. Legalism is helpless in bringing this about. It only gets in the way. Among those who belong to Christ, everything connected with getting our own way and mindlessly responding to what everyone else calls necessities is killed off for good, crucified. That paints us a powerful picture, doesn't it? 
it kind of expands on what the fruit actually looks like. And we get to pull from these things and we realize that there's a conviction for holiness, discipline, spiritual discipline, right? We find ourselves involved in loyal commitments, which means we stay committed. When we step into a commitment, whether it's a personal commitment or a, a commitment to somebody else, we, we remain loyal to that commitment. And we don't have to force our way through this in life. It's produced in us by him who is in us. I'm living proof that this method of staying connected to the vine and allowing the Holy Spirit to produce fruit and it trickling into every area of your life actually works. I was a terrible student. Seriously. Terrible student. If I had something due, I didn't do it until the night before. My study habits were the same. I barely got through high school and I'm not kidding. I barely, barely crawled my way to getting that high school diploma. My room was a disaster. Never mind trying to find anything in my closet. The mountain went from the floor to the hangers. I'm not, I'm not exaggerating. (laughs) In order to get something at the bottom of my closet, I had to pull out the mountain that literally interfered with the few clothes that I actually had hung. I think my car was the only thing that I kept clean during that season. I don't know why. I just actually, that was the one area that I kept really clean. My eating habits were terrible. My fitness life was non-existent, and unless you can count the finger fitness of, you know, remote control scrolling on TV, if I had a smartphone, it would have been scrolling. I I said scrolling on TV, but that's not true. Changing the channel, so it was like, you know, finger exercise there. Didn't have a smartphone then. Yeah, totally dated myself, but it is what it is. Otherwise, it would have been texting and scrolling on social media, things like that. I didn't have my own Jesus time. I didn't read my Bible. I did go to church. You know, my my upbringing and then, you know, if any of you followed my story for a little bit, there was a gap where I stopped going and then my early adult years went back to church. Um, I served and those were all good things, but I wasn't owning my personal walk. I wasn't owning my personal time. I wasn't owning my personal life. And I really didn't have any structure in my early adult years that wasn't forced, meaning I had a baby to take care of and her feeding, sleeping and need schedule put me on a routine. Plus I had to work. And I went back to church in this season. And again, if you've read my book, Life is Muddy, or followed me for any amount of time, you know my backstory. I'm not going to get into that today. But it was by default that I had a bit more structure in my life. And again, it was nothing that I was actually intentional and in charge of. It was more like, this is what my season is. This is what it requires. And I'm at the bare minimum. I did really good at meeting the bare minimum. Does that make sense? I didn't have a drive to create any kind of goal setting or structure. I just responded to the needs in front of me. How many people live that way? How many people have literally no structure, no plan, no order, no vision, no goal, and they just respond to the needs in front of them? And then all of a sudden they just realize that they're stressed under pressure and they almost feel like they're behind in every day of their life. We're going to take that back. Okay, we're going to create some discipline and some structure and some order today. With all of those undisciplined areas of my life, I I genuinely lacked peace and I battled a lot of depression. Fast forward to the new me, eat healthy. I'm not perfect. I will give in to treats here and there, but I do, I do really genuinely eat healthy. I work out daily. My house is organized. Get this. You ready for this? Even my closets and underneath the bed is organized. The places that nobody would see, except for my teenager's room. 
I don't have control over that. And I don't want control. They have to learn. I do ask them to pick up, but you know, they've got to learn to manage it. They, they had me in their little, you know, (laughs) time to clean your room ways. Um, but as they enter into their young adult phase, it's like, you know what, you've got to learn this discipline on your own. And I will tell you right now, um, that's not true. I still ask my teenagers to clean their rooms. It's just not the way I would do it. Um, but it's funny because each of my adults, as they come into adulthood, they will go through a messy phase and everything, but they get to a point where they're just so annoyed because they're so used to living in order and structure. They actually desire it for themselves because it wasn't like a, a pressure, you know, I'm sure they felt pressure from time to time, but I really tried not to put that pressure on them. I just tried to teach them to pick up after themselves um, anyway, so back, back to my little backstory, right? I went from being a terrible student and a procrastinator to disciplined and structured. And the funny thing is, is I didn't know that I was drastically changing or why I was able to all of a sudden become this organized person in my life until I looked back and saw something so profound and realized it really truly was the work of the Holy Spirit in my life. I was partnering with him in every area. I honestly did not wake up one day and say, I'm going to become organized and have some crazy goals to accomplish. Actually, it was the opposite. As I'm learning this discipline in my life and my health and wellness and my, and my, uh, you know, my own personal journey and learning to take care of my environment and organize, I ended up going through a divorce and it was like crazy, crazy curveballs in my life. I mean, it was just not not the way I envisioned my life. I was a stay-at-home mom for 10 years prior to my divorce. and But what was cool is the structure that I learned in the private areas of my life of health and wellness and caring for my environment actually became uh, the vision that God started breathing on during my divorce. I, I had I had to provide for my family. So I started to pray. I started to press in. I asked the Holy Spirit to guide my steps because that that 10-year time frame where I was learning to cultivate intimacy with God and He I was seeking His kingdom first and I was disciplining myself spiritually. I had my time with Him. I learned to pray through things. He was directing my steps in my life, which led me to the next phase and the next season. So I naturally went to Him and said, what in the world am I supposed to do? And he started putting these desires in my heart based on my gifts and my talents and my abilities. And as a single mom of four, I started taking online courses to become a certified health and wellness coach. I also started a side business of helping people get their homes and offices organized. And as I was working alongside of my clients, I realized there were so many emotional hurdles that were blocking them from actually achieving more goals in their lives. And I wanted to help them. And again, I prayed through it and I felt like the Lord was like, go back to school. So I go back to school and because I had already built and established the certificate as a health and wellness coach, I took more certificates in different niches in order to develop um, where I felt like God was taking me next. And I became an advanced certified Christian life coach. And I got like the top certificate you could get because I had gone through so many different courses. I wanted to help people in so many different areas of their lives, but I wanted to include and attach the biblical principles because I really believe that God's way is the way to achieve goals in our lives. Everything is already written in his word. We have to understand how to apply it. After I got married to my current husband and and I moved away from that city, I'd already been phasing out most of my clients. Um, I ended up getting pregnant on our honeymoon and then midway through that pregnancy, I actually ended up on, um, 
was a partial bed rest, I guess. And so I wasn't taking on clients in that season. And it was interesting because as I, as I started to kind of get back into a rhythm of life again, uh, after the baby was born and learning to juggle in a fifth baby and the transition and all these things, I, I just wanted to kind of explore my creative outlet. And I grabbed my husband's uh, camera equipment. I taught myself how to use it. I taught myself how to edit. And I actually built a photography business from ground up. And I was thoroughly enjoying that. From there, I still, that coach in me and that desire to help people just would not go away. I ended up starting a Bible study in my home. That branched out. I've shared this before. We ended up at a park. So I had this women's ministry at the park where I was preparing messages each week. And it was just like, as I was taking these steps, God just continued to breathe his vision into my life and bring things that I thought were gone and done and dormant, like kind of just weaving it back into these details. And all of a sudden I knew it was time to step away from my photography business and it was time to bring the park ministry to a close. And I established, um, my 501c3, which is Jillian Ahona Ministries. So here we are. This was established in 2015. In 2016, God put a book on my heart. I started writing a book. And I thought, like, I mean, come on, let's let's be realistic. I have a lot going on in my life. Five kids is crazy. The transition. The, and even when I look back at that season, there was so much crazy going on. But God had put this book on my heart to write. And because of the discipline and the training that I had already gone through from my own personal life in 15 years, it was easy for me to restructure my day and, and give myself time and space to write a book without it interfering with my family life and my other responsibilities. And, and I'm not listing these things to brag or try to make myself sound like a superhero. Okay, I'm not. I'm actually just a normal average person. I just learned some things or 1200 <laughs> on this crazy journey called life and growth started to show up as I continued to apply what I learned. And discipline was the biggest one. Spiritual discipline was the first I established. I cultivated a walk with Jesus and a desire to care for myself and my environment began to birth. Psalm 37 forces take delight in the Lord and he will give you the desires of your heart. I used to pray that wrong. I used to pray that God is just going to give me the desires of my heart. But what I realized through experience is as I delighted myself in the Lord, he would plant desires in my heart that were his will and his vision for my life. It's quite the opposite of what a lot of people do, isn't it? You kind of come up with your own ideas and your own desires in your own way, and then you're begging God to show up and make it happen, and you're striving in your own strength to accomplish it. But the truth is, is that's actually working backwards. What seems backwards in the kingdom of God is actually the right way. Our world has it backwards. When we delight in him, he plants desires in our hearts, and they're his will and his plan and his vision and his desires for us. I began to worship him privately in my home, spending mornings in his presence and in his word. And his word began to root in my heart so deeply, a desire to live and glorify him with every area of my life began to establish. This was a private discipline that no one knew was taking place. I wasn't on social media trying to build anything for myself. And I'm and I'm not, I'm on social media, okay? So I'm not knocking anybody who's on social media. But what I'm saying is, the areas and the establishment in my life was so private and so personal, nobody would know that was happening. 
it shifted my work ethic from the bare minimum to excellent because let's be real, God's standards are much higher than man's because he sees what no one else will. We live in a world where we just kind of put on the front and we only perform based on what others can see. But when you're living in sync with God and your work ethic is according to his will and his way, all of a sudden the standard is excellent in every area of our lives. I was working as unto the Lord in every area because I wanted to honor him. And this is why my closets got clean. It's true. This is why underneath my bed and my closets got cleaned. It was literally a outward reflection of the inward work that God was doing in my life. I promise you, when you decide to make God the one you're living for, everything shifts. Living to please God was my game changer. But I also had to show up. I had to make some serious mind decisions that would keep me going and caring even when I didn't want to. I put some major changes into practice, and one of them was not wearing my pajamas all day long, even if I had nowhere to go. I put on my workout clothes, I worked out, I showered, and I got ready for my day. Even if no one was coming over, I was showing up for my life. This discipline actually increased my desire to care for myself in a God-honoring way, and I was always ready. I was just ready for my day. It was a major shift in depression, too. I really, really did battle a lot of depression, and it was crazy the shift that was made with simply just showing up for my own life and getting ready and taking care of myself, depression lifted. All of these shifts and decisions and disciplinary actions that I made positioned me to expand and build. I genuinely don't think we should be building up one area in our lives and then another area starts to fall apart. I genuinely believe that we should have the discipline to take care of each and every area with excellence. I have silly rules for myself and a no-excuse policy. I also learn my lessons quickly. Those are some three things that I've implemented in my life, so write those down. Rules for yourself, a no-excuse policy, and learn your lessons. We're going to break those down a little bit more. But those three things have saved me from that time-consuming pile that I'd have to go through at one point. So here's a little silly rule that I made for myself. I learned early on that the extra 15 seconds it requires to walk my butt over to where something belongs would save me the three-hour requirement it would take to organize that mountain that I left behind. My life actually needs those three hours for other things like being present with my kids or catching up with a friend. I stopped just putting things down. The rule was don't put it down, put it away. And the second rule was In order to accomplish the don't put it down, put it away, I had to come up with another rule. Everything has a place and gets put in its place. I hate not knowing where something is. I mean, come on. Don't you hate not knowing where something is? When I need something, I want to be able to find it quickly. Having to look for something only takes my task in front of me longer because now I have to find what I need in order to get it done. It's so stupid. So these are the life lessons, the rules for myself that I established in these little life lessons. Back to rule one, don't put it down, put it away, but you have to have a place to put it, right? When it comes to exercise, rather than allowing my I don't feel like it mentality because I was queen of that, I didn't want that to win anymore. I said to myself things like, I don't feel like it, but I always feel good when I do, and I always regret when I don't. I literally started telling myself these silly little sayings. And this is something that I still apply in my life 23 years later. These are my building blocks. When you change your mind, you change your life. It is true. I get asked, how in the world do you wake up at 4 and 5 in the morning? 
I trained myself. I wanted quiet time with Jesus. And when I'm working on a project like a book or a podcast, I need the extra quiet before my house wakes up, which means I have to decide how many hours of awake time do I need in the day? And then I put myself to bed at that proper time so that I can have the proper amount of sleep so that I have the proper amount of time throughout the day. Do you get that? I know what time my family starts to naturally wake up, which means how much time do I need of quiet? That's the time I have to wake up and it all works together. It helps determine what time I go to bed. It determines what time I wake up and it determines the time slots that I have for each and every task throughout the day so that I can stay on top of my life, the life that God has gifted me to care for, which means I'm not on my phone at night. When I go to bed, I go to bed. I have my bedtime routine, I wash my face, I brush my teeth, and I get into bed at a proper time, and I don't pick up my phone because that overstimulation on my mind is only going to keep me up. It also increases depression and and anxiety. I'm not going to get deeply into it. You can look anything along those lines up for yourself, but watching TV and scrolling through your phone is the absolute worst thing you can do at bedtime. You got to give yourself a cap and turn off the stimulation at a specific time and then move to something else if you still struggle to fall asleep, like reading a book or praying or listening to soft worship music. I guarantee you will get better sleep if you start weaning yourself off of those high stimulants that you've established. That's why you're not getting enough sleep. If you're saying, well, I can't go to bed early and things like that. No, you have to train yourself. You have to discipline yourself. I did too because I've, I was queen of lifetime movies. I'm not kidding. You, you, you see one, and maybe this isn't you, but that's totally fine. You, can, you take your pleasure and put it in its place. For me, it was lifetime movies. I didn't have social media, and you know I've trained myself that long ago. And it was like, okay, here's this movie I want to watch. And then I would see the commercial for the next one. I'm like, oh, I can watch that. And all of a sudden, it's 2 o'clock in the morning. Yeah, try getting up at 6 o'clock with a baby who needs to eat at 2 o'clock in the morning. My life was miserable. I had to train myself. I had to reorganize some things. There were a lot of changes that I had to make in my life in order to accomplish what God has for me, as well as making adjustments along the way. Listen, I can pray all day long and ask God to help me, and he will, but I'm still the one that has to get out of bed, plan ahead, and do what God has asked me to do. He has given us 24 hours in a day, and it is our responsibility to be wise stewards of the time that he's given us. I'm going to break this down really simple for you today, okay? After all this talking, right? I'm going to give you just 10 rules that kind of dumped out as I was preparing. I wrote them down, okay? So I can stay focused here. I want to be focused for you. These are my 10 rules that I just kind of sat down and was like, okay, what do I do? (laughs) What do I do and how do I do this? You can put literally, you can put these rules in literally any area of your life and I promise, I promise, I promise you are going to see growth and you will reach that vision that seems so far away and unattainable. Okay, you ready? You might want to get a piece of paper and a pen or, you know, save this podcast for later, bookmark it, whatever you do to just, you know, get this done if you're driving and you're out on the road. Come back to it. Write this stuff down. Number one, spiritual discipline. You have to make God first. That is literally the key. Matthew 6, says, but seek first his kingdom and his righteousness and all these things will be given to you as well. All these things. All means all. Seek him first and all these things will be given to you. 
pursuing God's kingdom will keep you on his path. And his path is where you have the grace to accomplish exceedingly more than you ever thought possible. I'm living proof. I'm not going to go into it deeply, but trust me when I say I am doing way more with my life than I ever thought possible. Ephesians 3.20, now all glory to God who is able through his mighty power at work within us to accomplish infinitely more than we might ask or think. I promise you, I did not ask or think this stuff up and he deserves the glory and he loves to show up in us and through us. I look at it like this. I could take my limited abilities and accomplish something, maybe quite a bit, maybe not, whatever. Knowing myself, not a whole lot. Or I can tap into his supernatural abilities and have no ceiling to what I can do. I mean, come on. Do you want heaven to be your ceiling or a skyscraper? We want heaven. Number two, write it down. Goal setting is huge. And having a vision and writing it down is powerful. This is something that I've been doing for 20 years in my life. Every single year, I sit down and I dream with God and I let him breathe a vision into my life. And I just, I write it down and I create goals and I create a step plan with it. And I partner with Jesus in this. So partnering with him is huge. It really is. I promise you, it it just, just do it. Okay. Just, we're not even going to keep going because I feel like this message is getting really long and I want you to stay with me. (laughs) When you write it on paper and then you write the step to reach the goal is seriously great accountability and it keeps you focused And it keeps that picture at the forefront of your mind through life's changes so you can remember where you're going. The Lord really spoke to me through Habakkuk 2.2 many years ago, and this is why I continue to write it down. It says, Then the Lord replied, Write it down, the revelation, and make it plain on tablets so the herald may run with it. You are the runner of your life. And God wants to speak a vision into your life, and you need to write that down so it's memorable, plain, simple, and he's going to make it attainable in your life. I promise you, partner with him, write it down. Number three, discipline your mind. Change your mind, change your life. Stop with your self-defeating thoughts and excuses that are continually stopping you from building. Do you want to get healthier? Stop telling yourself you don't care today and you'll start tomorrow. Here's something my mom said to me years ago. She said, tomorrow never comes. Man, that really hit me. And I've been living that way ever since. It's the same thing with don't put it down, put it away. You can literally use this in every area of your life. Tomorrow doesn't ever come. Stop with the excuses and start today. If you're awake, if you're alive, if you're breathing, create space, create time and do it. Discipline your mind by putting different sayings in the place of the ones that are taking you off of the path that you want to be on. Use mine or come up with your own, but stop feeding those thoughts that are keeping you in the same place. Our minds are going to drive us to the next step or they're going to continually keep us on the same step we've already been on for way too long. Things I tell myself when bad habits are ruling me as a child of God, I am not a slave to tortilla chips. Yeah, it sounds silly and sounds small, but I have a problem with tortilla chips. Okay. I like them. I like them too much. And if they're in my pantry, I will literally go to them all day long. Well, that's unhealthy for me. That, that There's no nutrients in that way too much salt. It's not healthy for my body. And I, I want to put healthy things in my body. That is me. That is the way I live my life. That's a conviction that I have and I'm not knocking anybody else, but I'm just telling you what it's like for me. One day I was like, excuse me, but I am not a slave to tortilla chips. 
you know what's hilarious about that? I stopped going in the pantry for tortilla chips. You change your mind, you change your life. It is 100% true. I also tell myself I can do all things, including hard things, through Christ Jesus. He is my strength. You see, you have to speak back to those thoughts that want to keep you undisciplined and blocked from your forward motion. Number four, learn the lesson. How many are not learning lessons and you do the same thing over and over and over again? I was that person. Oh my gosh, I did not learn my lessons. I was that kid that was grounded all the time. You can ask any one of my friends. They'd be like, oh yeah, what a shocker. She's grounded again. I didn't learn my lessons. I got to a point in my life where I'm like, that's stupid. I'm going to learn my lessons. If something didn't work or it gave me a bad result, I paid attention. I made the adjustment. That's what you're going to do starting today. If something didn't work out, if it gave you a bad result, pay attention, make the adjustment. Don't keep going around that same mountain. Don't create a wilderness for yourself that will block you from your promised land. I want to recap on the wilderness story. The Israelites, most of them died in the wilderness. They were promised a promised land. They didn't get to enter in. They didn't get to enter in not because God was blocking them. They blocked themselves. They didn't learn their lessons. They were complaining. They were murmuring. They were building idols. They were not glorifying and honoring God in different areas of their lives. And they blocked themselves from entering into the promised land. They died in the wilderness. Do not die in the wilderness. That is a word for somebody. Do not die in your wilderness. God has a promised land for you and he is not stopping you from moving into it. You are. Learn the lesson. Number five, develop a no excuse policy for your life. It may seem a little bit like the mind discipline that I mentioned, but let's let's look at it from a little bit of a deeper perspective and realize that there are going to be hurdles and roadblocks. For example, you know, I, I, I use fitness and health in a lot of my analogies, but it just works. Okay. So work with me. (laughs) I've gotten a lot of injuries over the years, a lot that would prevent me from certain exercises and movements rather than retiring my workouts for the amount of time it would take to heal that particular injury. I worked around it. No excuses. I make the adjustments that I need to make in my workout routine and I continue moving daily, which means When I had my really bad tear in my calf, I couldn't run. I said, well, what can I do to my physical therapist? And he said, you can ride a bike. And so guess what? I started riding a bike. And did I do plies and lunges and squats and all those things that I couldn't do because of my calf? No, but I did work out my upper body and my core. I just did it in a sitting position. I continued with my daily routine. I just had to make the proper adjustments and it required a no excuse mentality on my part. So realize number five, developing a no excuse policy for your life is going to keep you in a forward motion. It's discipline, right? Number six, this is a big one. Discipline your time. Time management is huge. God has gifted us 24 hours in a day and he's given us the responsibility to manage it well. This includes adequate sleep. Like I mentioned before, in order to decide what time I go to bed, I have to know what time I have to wake up the day after. So I have to set myself on some sort of sleep routine in order to go to bed at a certain time so that I can get adequate sleep, so that I can wake up at the proper time, so that I can manage my day well. And I'll tell you, disciplining my time means I don't 
waste a lot of time on social media and scrolling and a lot of fillers and a lot of distractions because it's crazy. And I, and I can testify to this. Okay. I'm just as guilty. I can fall into it super easily. That quick little, I just want to check in can turn into an hour. And all of a sudden I've lost an hour of my day and I wonder why I'm stressed. So time management and disciplining your time is huge. I'm a pen and paper girl. For me, it's a count. I need to open it wide. I need to see the full month, the bird's eye view. I schedule my appointments and things like that. And then I also have to have the pages where it gives me the lines and the time blocks. So it's like, okay, this time I wake up, this is my Jesus time. And then I move into my writing time or my, you know, office time. And then Colson wakes up and, you know, just whatever. Like, that's kind of how I do it. I even schedule in my workouts so that every single day I know working out is a priority for me. I move around my appointments and my other responsibilities. So time management is huge. Discipline your time, whatever that looks like for your life. I also partner with the Holy Spirit. I'm not going to totally get into that. I may do a whole message on that because it's really good. Uh, But I just want to move on because we've got three more. Number seven, check in. Never leave God out of the equation and check in with him often. He does have course changes that will show up. But as you discipline yourself to stay connected with him and remain in step with him, you're going to see them and you won't miss them. Number eight, this is kind of a big deal. You ready? Do not despise the small beginnings. Zechariah 4.10 says, Do not despise these small beginnings, for the Lord rejoices to see the work begin. Just start. Start small. Start where you're at and give yourself the space to learn along the way. Don't compare yourself to where someone else may be. They're not living your life, and you're not living theirs. Stay focused on Jesus, the author and perfecter of your faith. Number nine, celebrate your accomplishments celebrate them along the way, even those teeny tiny little ones. Remind yourself of where you were and where you are, even if it's the smallest step forward, celebrate it. Praise God for the ability to move forward. It's powerful. When you get into the habit of celebrating those small beginnings, you don't get overwhelmed that you're not where you want to be. You're too busy enjoying the journey and celebrating along the way. There's power in it. And finally, number 10, take a step. Just do it. Stop waiting for God to push you. Yes, he can give you the idea, even the nudge, but he's not going to do the work for you. He needs you to take that step toward what he's laid on your heart and he will show up. It's a promise. A lot of people miss this and expect God to put them in a spiritual wheelchair, push them around. And when they don't get that push, they feel disappointed and allow a spirit of defeat to keep them crippled. The truth, God has already put all we need from him in us We need to be good stewards of his power and activate what's already there by disciplining ourselves and stepping toward the vision. Just go. Just take a step. It doesn't even matter your limitations. There's no such thing as human limitations when we're partnering with him. Passion is going to get you started. Momentum is going to keep you moving for a bit. But intentionality, perseverance, and discipline is what's going to get you to your finish line. Thank you for joining me today. I'm believing the Holy Spirit met you powerfully through this week's episode of Not Just Talk. Now for the real part. Let's take this conversation beyond talk and live it in our daily lives. Amen? Don't forget to check out my newly released book. I'm really excited. It's called Ripple Effect. 
a transformational journey into God's heart that will change you from the inside out. It's available now on your favorite online bookstore, Amazon, or you can order a signed copy direct through my website, jillianahonan.com. Also, did you know that we have a ministry app where you can receive direct notifications for everything we have going on beyond this weekly podcast? Just search Jillian Ahonan Ministries in your app store and download it for free. And please, I'd love to see your face on social media. Connect with me on my public Facebook page or on Instagram. I hang out there daily. Don't forget to subscribe and come back next week for another episode of Not Just Talk. Hugs and blessings, family.